What's up? My name is Josh, and thanks for checking out the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community from GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus, and we have a passion to learn, grow, and live like Him and have a ton of fun doing it. All the messages and conversations you'll find here will point you to His truth and His hope. So lean in to whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Welcome here. My name is Lucas. If, if you are new, uh, I'm the pastor here, and I just, I'm just so happy you're here tonight. It is Super Bowl Sunday, which means that you love Jesus more than Super Bowl and football. So there you go. You're definitely going to heaven, okay? Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was like, before I went up, I was like, I think I can be fast enough that we might be able to catch the last, like, minute. But that, I don't want to, like, I don't want to make like meet Jesus one day and him be like, you skimped that one time on February 13th. You skimped. And you didn't finish, and you skipped the cross, and then you watched your team lose or win. So I can't skimp, guys. I can't do it. Okay, I'll try my best, but here we go. Matthew 5. We're in a series called Heaven and Earth, and it's all about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, We were kind of walking through Matthew as it was, and then we just really felt like we had to almost stop back up for a moment and just really, again, just dig deep into the Scripture. Because... This chunk of scripture is not just like, again, if you've grown up in church, you almost take it for granted. You're almost like, oh, I've heard this before. Love your enemies. Awesome. Or like, give to the needy. Pray fast. Hallowed be the name of the kingdom come. Like, all that stuff. Really cool. But we have to look at it in a deeper way. I have read through the Sermon on a couple times now. We kind of knew we were headed there in the last few months. And so over Christmas, I was reading it. And I, I, I don't know how to say it. And I want you to believe me. So if you know me, maybe you'll trust me. If you don't know me that well, I'm hoping you'll trust me. Like, I haven't had a scripture impact my heart so profoundly for a very long time. Like just reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and just taking time to like listen and write things down and underline and put some question marks and be like, what, I didn't know that. It's really, it's making me rethink kind of like what it means to be a Christian. Because that's what this is. This is like Jesus' like manifesto. It's like a new way to be human. And he's, he's preaching and he's talking about it. And, and we talked about how last week, I mentioned it last week in the intro, that Matthew, he put it together in such a way because he was writing to Jewish Christians. This wasn't necessarily like a time where Jesus literally sat down and preached all this at once. In fact, it's more likely that he continued just to say this stuff over and over and over and over. And Matthew was like, man, he keeps telling people to love their enemies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in there. He keeps telling people that he's like the fulfillment of the law. Okay, we should put that in there. And so this is most likely like, like Jesus's like best 10 sermons that he just keeps preaching, keeps saying, and keeps describing. And so that's why they're packed in here like this. And so tonight, we're just kind of like walking through. We did the Beatitudes last week. We're just going to be in four verses. Five, maybe. Five. Six. Six. We're going to do six verses. Mostly four, because I want to give you some context. But can we do four verses tonight? I think we can do four verses tonight. Can we really unpack it? It's four verses you've absolutely heard before. It's probably four verses I, maybe I've preached to you before. But I hope, hopefully we can bring some new life to it. It's just so important and so good. I didn't want to miss it. Before we get into Matthew 5, verse 13, um, before we do that, I want to read again the context. This is Matthew 5, um, verse 1 and 2. Because this is really important. This is the context. This is like, again, I think a lot of us think Matthew, like the Sermon on the Mount just starts with the Beatitudes. But Matthew 5, verse 1 says... This, now when Jesus saw the crowds, okay, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So again, this is not like he wasn't like, bring everyone to me. I have great words of wisdom. It wasn't like that. This isn't isn't how Jesus started. 
He often withdrew to, to lonely places to pray, the Bible says in Luke. And, I, and I, I think in this moment he was withdrawing. He found himself like on a walk. He, potentially he would just go to a place and he would sit and he began to talk to his closest friends. A rabbi was a teacher and anytime he sat to teach, everyone else would sit around him like as close to his feet as possible. Ew, someone say ew, feet are ew. But they would sit really close and they begin to listen. And so again, I just prefaced this whole thing with this started as a conversation with his followers. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus tonight, these words are not just words to like go over your shoulders, but words to live by. Are you following me? If you don't consider yourself a believer tonight, or you, maybe you're like, ah, it's just someone brought me, I'm, I'm new to this whole faith thing, or I'm still questioning some things. We're so happy you're here. I, I couldn't be more excited. You're off the hook a little bit in some of this stuff, but Jesus is gonna present a whole new way to live, and I don't think you're gonna wanna miss it. And so again, this is to his disciples. This is what he is saying, okay? This is verse 13. We've done the Beatitudes last week. Verse 13, you've heard this, salt and light. Someone say, get salty. That's weird. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. This is verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Many of you have probably heard this, these, this chunk of scripture before, especially if you've grown up in church. He, he, he gives us two comparisons. He gives us kind of two analogies. He says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Both of these have harsh contrast. Again, you guys know I love contrast. You know, I feel like Jesus is constantly bringing this up, putting us in this place, this juxtaposition of, of seeing one side and the other side. Salt at this time was one of the most valuable things you could have had. Um, I didn't realize this. It, it kind of is the start of our word salary. Like it was used as a currency. It was used to pay people with. It was a high valuable item. They used it for many things. Of course, food. Has anyone had a, had a dish or some food and you're like, this just needs so much salt, you know? Salt, or you, you know how I was talking about dad things last week? Anyone else's dad just like, was so much salt and pepper. You're like, do you have taste buds? Like, do you want, like, that's my father-in-law. There's like, we'll be halfway done our meal. And he's just like, he almost picks up a beat on it. Like, you know, like you just need some salt on it. I'm the other way where like, Trina believes that when you're making pasta, I don't know if you guys feel this, like the water that you're boiling should be like the ocean. This is what she's been told. She's watched some Gordon Ramsay documentary apparently. And this is what she's, so she's like, whoa, like easy sodium. Like, I'm like, like that's me. That's when I'm doing the pasta. And so for me, I'm always like light because I always want, I love cooking and, I, and it's enjoyable for me. Uh, I'm often trying to make Asian cuisine and it's always so salty. Like I don't know how to do it well. It's always happens. Like anytime it's like stir fry or something like that. Like Trina's like, can you just handle that? I'm like, of course I can. There's been moments where it's like inedible. Like quite literally like, I can't eat this, Lucas. Like we're gonna order pizza or something, you know? And then so for me, I'm always a little bit scared, but Jesus is kind of sh like sharing something with us. Like, I, I want you to be the salt of the earth. I want you to, to bring flavor. I want you to understand that you preserve. Salt was used to preserve meat, many things. It didn't have refrigerators. And so salt was a high valuable item. 
And here's the thing, again, often we preach this, and maybe you've heard me preach this, where we're just constantly talking about the salt, the salt, the salt, you be salty, salt of the earth, salt, 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 salt. And yeah, that's, he, he makes mention of that. He says that to us. He's also making reference to earth. He's suggesting something, that the earth needs flavor. It's not just about us being salt, it's also that we live in a place that is flavorless. We live in a place that is decaying and that we actually have to help preserve it. Are you seeing what I'm saying? He's making reference of both things. It's not just salt, it's you're the salt of the earth. Earth needs salt. There is this myth out there, there's a great book uh, written in 2006 called The Myth of Progress. And, and many people have, have used it and quoted it, it's quite interesting. And it's this idea that like, we're just, we're doing well. Everything is going great. Uh, you're, you're, everyone is blossoming and we're all becoming better versions of, of ourselves. I am 31 and I wake up and my back hurts, okay? We're not all progressing, you know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen from the 28 year old? Awesome, that's great. Like it's not good, you know what I'm saying? But it's funny how this is and, the, and this is just physical things but like you look at around you right now. It's hard to trust people. We aren't very trusting, it feels like. We are just lambasting leader after leader, like fighting our politicians. We're fighting one another. It's just like, a, I don't know. Like I look around and I feel like, I don't know if we're, I know, yeah, sure, Tesla stock is up. Great, great for Elon. But like everyone else, I'm like, I don't know if we're winning here. And so there's this idea that everything is going great. And yet he's saying, no, 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 the earth is decaying. I'm asking you to preserve it. Do you understand? This is important to realize. It's not just a reference to salt, it's salt to the earth. And he's calling us to live in a way that would help preserve and bring flavor and help support that around us. And then he has the other reference. Again, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. This is sarcasm. Jesus is making a ha-ha, okay? He's yucking around, okay? That's what he's doing. He's, he's making a joke. He's literally saying, you put it under a bowl, right, Peter? Like, like, good one, right? Like, that's what he's doing. It's true. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. And I love this, because this is one of those verses you don't think is in the Bible. You just think it's, like, really bad preaching or something. Let your light shine, point number three. And you're like, good one, pals. It's right there, guys. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Virtue signaling? No, no, he says, he says something else. And glorify your Father in heaven. This is really good. And I think we often just rush over this scripture when, in fact, Jesus is telling us something really important. You are to be the salt of the earth and the light, the light of the world. You are the light of the world. If you have your Bible, like underline, underline that, excuse me, highlight it. That reference is a profound reference to, to something that is usually only known as Christ. Like we read that in Grace and Truth in that first series. Like you are the light of the world. Like the darkness may not, will not overcome it. Like you are the light of the world. This is a bold statement that is in, usually is in relation only to the Savior. And yet now he's throwing it our way. And so when I read that, I'm like, whoa. Like he's, he's making reference already to that he has brought the light and as it shines in us, it's supposed to shine out to everyone. Again, we've heard this, we understand this. If you're a Christian, you know this. And yet for us, we read both of these verses, we see this, and there's not, again, not tons to unpack there in context, like I've, I've shown you guys this. And we instantly feel a little bit like a nudge in our heart. For many of us, we feel like, 
And this is where he's gonna preach for 20 minutes about how I don't evangelize enough. Awesome, right? Like this is that point where he's gonna tell me to meet my neighbor, which I have no intention of doing. I don't even know the person in front of me. And I think this is the part that I know for me as a pastor, who I'm, I'm, I'm positive preached this before, has done not, some not great preaching. And we'll say something like, well, maybe we just don't know Jesus well enough. And I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that's it at all. I don't think people in here don't love Jesus. I don't think people in here don't have an honest, wonderful relationship with the Father. It's not what I'm saying at all. That wouldn't be good preaching. I think we just come up with very real and honest things that come up in the way of in those moments that we know God is calling us to be salt and light. Let me explain. I, I understand that generally speaking, it's, it's fearful for many people, and, and this may sound silly to those who aren't Christians in here, but as a Christian to go and try and be a Christian in today's culture. Like it's like, ah, no thanks, you know? I don't, I'll just kind of stick to myself. I'll just do my own thing. I'll just live a good life. I'll just love others and not hurt anyone. And we kind of feel like that, as long as we do that, we have lived up to a certain amount or Jesus will be happy enough or I'll have enough. As long as I hit church on Super Bowl Sunday, God's gotta love me, right? Like, as long as I do some of those things, we're gonna be just okay. This whole thing about light of the world is really interesting. Most scholars would say, like D.A. Carson and Webb, like these, these guys I was reading this week would say, Jesus is about 100 miles maybe or so from, from this one spot, this one spot called the Qumran Caves where, where there's this group of people called the Essians and they're the Jews who, who literally, the actual reference to it is sons of light. And they lived apart and away from every single other person. They lived away and apart because they just didn't want to be contaminated by the world. And so they literally were called the sons of light. They had these caves and they'd kind of live by themselves and they'd make sure to like be together and they love Jesus together and they were never around anyone else. They were never a part of the culture. They were never in the earth. They were never anywhere. And he's literally making a joke about them. That's this whole thing. Is he saying, hey, you know them over there? Don't be like them. Sons of the light, like, they're in caves. They're hiding this beautiful gift. And he's actually calling out to saying, like, not like that. That's not how I'm calling you to live. And I get it that there's, like, this fear and this, there's concern. He's saying, they have a relationship, like, they, they understand, but they don't understand. You know what I'm trying to say? Like they're living apart. They think that they're keeping this light to themselves as if this is gonna be okay. And Jesus is saying, that's not okay. That's not how I've called you to live. That's not what I'm asking for you. We just sang a song, that bridge. I, and I can't even, I'm gonna mess it up, so forgive me. But it's like, is it, is it a fragrance? Then I'll pour my oil out, which is reference to scripture. Is, is it a song? Then I'll sing every melody. Is it like a life laid down? Then I'll just, here's my life. That song is not saying I'll give you this. It's like, whatever you ask Jesus, I'm in. I'm in. And I think some of us live a little bit to the side, like the Essians, like these sons of light, thinking we have it all figured out. Thinking like it's the right way to go. And Jesus is saying, you can't do that. That's not what I'm calling you to do. And so we think we're salty. We think we're showing the light. And in fact, we're not doing it the same way God has called us to, to live. I, um, listen, I love... I love my wife so much. Trina's the best. 
She really is. She's smart, she's funny, she's driven, she's passionate. She has so much more empathy than I do for people. Praise the Lord. She does. She does. It's just the truth. She's just a, 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 like a wonderful human. But like when I meet someone, I've met some of you tonight, I don't come up and be like, hey, how are you? My name is Lucas. <laughs> I love my wife, Trina. Like, I don't, I'm not like, that's not the second thing that comes out of my mouth, you know? And so again, I just want to say to you, like, I believe that there's a relationship with Jesus that many of you have, but I understand that it may not be that first thing you say or, and you're like, okay, well, okay, well, how do we do this? Like, what's, what's the way forward? Listen, I, I don't know if I have the right answer. I've been thinking about it all week, actually. I've been thinking about it all week. What's the five step, you know, the five C's that are gonna help people get to Christ? We need to be compassionate, we need to be counsel, we need to, I was like thinking of all the things, I really was. I was thinking of all the different ways that we can be proud and bold and just live a life that's just like mm, there. And I just thought, I honestly just was filled with, with things that I feel like, or reasons I should say that we don't. And so again, I, I think fear, I think we're generally scared. I think we think that we're being salty, that we're being bold in our light, and really we're not. I think sometimes we just assume that God's just gonna bring people in front of us, and so we're not bold in our approach. I think there's all these ways that we just kind of forget, that we're not called to like have moments of evangelism, okay? Six, tonight, please hear me. You're not called to have moments of evangelism. You're called to live different. You're called to live different and leave a legacy of grace and heaven on whomever and wherever you are on this earth. That's why being a part of a community that calls you to a higher way to live every single day of your life is more important than someone riling you up for one moment of evangelism. I, I love, like you saw up there with Kingdom Mills, it's like New Spay Camp. I love posting news. Kids were always so on fire for the Lord right? Because you've been in proximity with so many people who are on fire for the Lord. And then sometimes, not always, but sometimes it kind of fizzles or it fades or school starts and then fear sets in and all these pieces around us begin to happen. Friends, Jesus doesn't show up at church on Sundays. The Holy Spirit goes with us on Mondays. And I think it just takes a, a quick realization in our own mind that he calls you to live different, to leave a legacy of grace and heaven on whomever and wherever you are, wherever you're planted, wherever is around you, whatever that looks like. I, uh, okay, guys, I am, I am actually low-key a, Bengal, a Bengals fan. You wouldn't believe me, but it's the truth. This is mine. I didn't just buy this for this weekend. That would be weird. I have to be honest with you. I didn't buy this at all, okay? A guy named Stuart Dixon bought this for me. Some of you know him. Uh, it's the right side. Leave me alone, okay? I, uh, I am a Bengals fan. At the start of the year, I was like, I need a team. A bunch of my buddies are Browns fans, and so I had to pick a team in the division. Joe Burrow, baby, let's go. Are they winning? What's the score? Someone tell me. Don't tell me. I can't know. Okay, tell me. What is it? I'm, I don't want to know, Jake. I just said that. I literally just yelled at Jake. I don't want to yell at you, Michaela. That would make me... I don't want help. I just want... Are they winning? I'm kidding. Don't tell me. Okay. And I just feel like as Christians, we kind of get in this mode where we're like, we come out of camp and this is us, right? We're like, mm, 
feeling good. And we're like, yeah, what up? I got this jersey on. I got this thing. And like, you're feeling like, I don't care who knows it. I got the WWJDs, bracelets, right? I'm just like, you're rolling your windows down in the summer, just blasting worship music or something. Anyone ever try and save someone through their car? How many of you done that? Just me. Okay, good to know. Almost. I got a half salvation one time through Hillsong United. You're welcome. And this is kind of us, and we just like, we, and, then, and then after a little while, and then school hits, and it's like, we kind of slowly begin to take the jacket off, and we don't really want to tell anyone we're a fan. Like, you know what I mean? Do you guys make, see the reference I'm making? Like, and I think this, this is a bold coat, let's be honest. <laughs> this isn't like something you wear to a business interview. You know, can imagine? That'd be awesome. If someone has a job interview this week, I will let you borrow this jacket <laughs> if you take a picture. And you will never have to pay for a coffee at this church again. The, it's out there. The bed is out there. And I, I just think, if you guys saw me this, though, you saw me wear this every single Sunday, every single time I preached or walked in this church, I think your head would do a bit of a double take, right? For the first few times. And then I think after a little while, it would just become a little more normal. And I would just be the guy that wears the coat. And I think for us, we take the coat off real fast. We stop talking about the goodness of God that has happened in our life. We stop explaining to our coworkers and our friends why on Sunday night we choose to not just cram for school, why we actually work hard on Saturday night so that we get to a place on Sunday night. We start having conversations. I have conversations with people all the time. I only bring my Bible now on vacation. It's the only thing I read. That sounds real spiritual. I didn't mean like that, I promise. I just, I find I always get conversations with it. It's just like, I don't know. I just wonder if, aren't you tired of, of feeling like you're shot? Like, sorry, I forgot my phone. You know when you have your light on, your flashlight's in your pocket? Nobody wants to be that guy. It's the truth. Such a dad move, okay? It's something I would do, not what you guys would do. You're cool, come on. And I think there's this moment where, like, if you just saw me every week wear this, if you just saw this person live different every single week, and they're like, there's just something about that person, like, it would become this natural response for people to see you, Lucas and Danielle, and they would just see the way you guys lead in your marriage, and they just know that you're generous and that you love people, and that you, like, they, they use words, and the way you talk about Daniela is like proud and profound and beautiful, and you're not tearing her down and saying, My wife is this or that. You know what I mean? Like, if we would just begin to share this way and talk this way, this is what he's calling us to do to be the salt, to actually preserve, to fight against the cultural norm, whatever that is. That guys, we wouldn't like talk negatively about women or gossip or say things, but actually other guys would be like, listen, I heard you say that about her and it was actually an awful thing to say. And we begin to chime in and love one another and, and rub shoulder to shoulder and say like, there's a higher way to live. We're called to live different and leave a legacy of grace. Jesus is asking us to actually raise the bar. We're called to be salt. We're called to be light. And now I've been preaching in this jacket a while and it already begins to feel a little natural, doesn't it? Like, no, it's literally blinding our eyes. But I'm saying like week after week and, and it would become this thing that feels a lot more normal. Are you following me? I just wonder if this group of people would begin to normalize what it looks like to leave that legacy and love people in such a way that it wouldn't be this crazy idea to be a Christian at wherever you work, a Christian at wherever you go to school, a Christian at your family, whatever it may be. 
here's the thing. The thing about all the reasons, I was writing this list down of reasons why I'm like, why, why are we not, like, why do we have difficult time being salt and light? And everything was so self-focused about me. I'm fearful. I think I'm salty, but I'm not. I think I'm being, like, bright, but I'm not. Like, all these things, be, like, and I just continued to write down. I had, I had a bigger list, but I didn't want to take up all our time where it was just like, these are all about me and my problems and my issues. But I sing songs that he's the God of the mountain and the valley. I sing, I, I, I boldly preach to you guys about how God wants to do immeasurably more above and beyond Ephesians 3.20 talks about. Man, we serve a God who does miracles. I have seen the most incredible things, healings. I have prayed for some of the people sitting in this room for healings at things like camp and have seen things come alive in people's hearts. And yet for some reason I get fearful about talking about this thing that I love to preach about. And I think all these things become so me focused. Guys, being a light is not about me. Being soul is not about me. It's about him. And if I just get my mind off of me a little bit, it's crazy what you're willing to do for the Lord. And I just wanna end with this one thought. Again, it's not long. We've heard this scripture before. I just wanna encourage you tonight. I wanna inspire you to live different. That's it. In your marriages. Actually, let me say it like this too. Again, I, I, I'm not just talking about evangelism. Please don't go to work tomorrow and throw a Bible at people's faces, okay? <laughs> won't work. It won't work. It'll hurt. Literally, like, it's not, it's not what I'm asking you to do. I don't actually think this is primarily about like, again, moments of evangelism. Please hear me, that's not what this is about. It's about the everyday living different. You know why I think some people like are turned off from faith? It's because, it's because moms and dads potentially, and I'm not trying to throw our parents under the bus or if you are a parent, like it's not the intention, but even pastors or leaders preached about being righteous and doing the right thing. And then we saw parents have affairs or friends have affairs or pastors mess up. And so we're hearing this bold preaching about being the light of the world when we can't even be a light to this community. And I get it. Like I, I, genuinely, I genuinely get why this sometimes is hard for us. Why it's much easier just to take our Christianity, put it in our pocket and go on our way. I totally get it. But that's why I think it's so important. I know for me that the best sermon I'll ever preach is, is having a great marriage. It's not gonna be actually me in this microphone. It's gonna be the way me and Trina love each other to our children. It's that. It's the everyday leaving a legacy of grace. It's the way you treat your parents. Quite honestly, you're gonna see later on in scripture, Jesus lambasts the Pharisees for, for not treating their parents with dignity and respect. It's these everyday moments. Like maybe the best thing you can do right now is take your phone and make a list of the, of the mundane places that you can actually be, be a light before you rip off to India or wherever you wanna go. Are you following me tonight? One other thing. I was uh, praying for this community tonight. I was getting prepared this morning. Uh, I was serving at our 9-11 at our service and I found this note and I, I have no idea the context of this note. I don't know if someone wrote it, but I just found it at our next steps table around that area. It was all crumpled up like this. And, and, and in my heart, just broke as I read it. Because this is why we need to be the light. This is why we need to be the salt of the earth. It says, I cry out to God, but where is he? He's not here. Not with me. I'm alone. I'm alone 
I'm by myself. Nobody sees me. I'm all alone. I gotta be the light. I don't know where this note came from, but I know where these type of notes lead. And I don't want to see the end of these notes. Amen? Gotta be the light. You have no idea what the person beside you in that cubicle is going through. You have no idea what the people around you may need. Man, let's stop being Christians who say, I'm going to pray for you, and let's just say, can I pray for you now? Let's stop being Christians who are like, I can't give because then I wouldn't have enough for this or that. And let's give generously. Let's not be people who are like, I can't help you today. It's my self-care day and I've had four of those, but I still need, no, no, no. And that's not a jab. I'm being quite frank and honest. Let's, let's be the Christians that are like, absolutely. How can I go two miles for you? We've talked about this. Let's be the people who are less quick to judge and lambast over social media and begin to actually say, how can I pray and serve and give and love? God, be the light of the world. That's what he calls us to. Who's in your circle? Who's around you? What can we begin to do? I'm not, again, guys, I, don't, I have new neighbors. They moved in two weeks ago. I haven't met them yet. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to me. There is people that need the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And they crumple up notes and they're looking for that support and we have to be the people that say, no, not on my watch, absolutely not. Can I pray for you tonight? Go ahead and stand your feet for me. Just asking you to live a bold life, to live differently, to lead differently. I'm asking you to, to think about in your own heart, who, who is it someone that I can begin to really share and, and just honestly just let grace fall off me and into the life of that person. I'm not asking you to go again and evangelize tomorrow, I'll move to Africa tomorrow. I'm not saying any of that. I think it's right where you are that he's calling you to lead. Lead in grace, lead in light, lead in salt. It's right in front of us, you guys. It's right there. It's in your marriages, it's in your friendships. It's how we talk about one another. It's right here, it's right now. It's gotta start like this. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, tonight we're looking to be people, to be sons and daughters of light, honestly. We're looking to lead in such a way that is bold and profound. God, that would, that would spread your good news. And that sounds so cliche as I say it and pray, Lord, but I truly mean that. Because there are people who are alone there are people who are fighting for honestly a reason to keep going, to take the next step, to walk their journey. And I pray that we, the six, this group of people, wherever you may come from, anyone who's visiting, it doesn't matter, Lord, that they would begin to see as you see others. God, break our heart. There's that beautiful song, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, move me in such a way that there would be people around me that my heart just begins to be crushed for. Give me a prophetic word, Lord. It sounds weird saying it maybe for some of these people in here, but give me a prophetic word that I would go and share that would be transformative and life-changing for the people around me. God, don't let me be the person who has my light on but shoved in my pocket. Don't let me try and hide the most beautiful aspect of my heart, which is my faith in you. God, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that wherever we go tomorrow, there would be a boldness. There would be a joy in sharing the goodness of God. 
God, I pray that we would live different, that we would look at our life 30 years, 40 years later and say we left a legacy of grace and heaven everywhere we went. God, you used us to do something immeasurably crazy and, and life-changing for people. God, I wanna be salty. I wanna be bold. I wanna, sh- like, I wanna let my light shine because you're in me, Lord. And so I pray that we would pray that prayer tomorrow morning, that we would wake up and say, God, give me an opportunity to share your love and grace with someone in Jesus' name. God, I pray for every person. God, this is my heart. I believe it's your heart. I pray for every person to get one opportunity this week to share the love and grace of Jesus. I pray next week it would be double in this room, not for anything for us, but for your glory. God, for you to be magnified, for you to be made famous. I pray in Jesus' name that every person in here would get one opportunity to talk and share about the life they have, the love they have, the joy they have in their Savior, that you would be made known this week in offices, in high high schools, in universities, in classrooms, whatever it may be, God. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said.